Welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast, where you will hear transformational stories, positive encouragement, and practical strategies to help you grow your mindset, reach your potential, live your dreams, and experience a purpose-driven, impact-filled life. Here's your host, Alan Blaine. Okay, today I'm really excited to get to share with you on the topic of motivation. Why? Because I think that every single one of us can relate with at different times in our life, different seasons, on different subject matters, if you will, experiencing a lack of motivation to do what you want to do, what you know you need to do, maybe things like making that business call, following up with a prospective client, or possibly having that hard conversation with someone. Maybe it's a child that needs some coaching, teaching, mentorship, some guiding in it. Just a challenging situation that isn't super enjoyable, honestly. Maybe it's working out or eating right. The list goes on and on and on where at times any one of us can find ourselves lacking motivation to do the things we know we need to do. If you can relate with one or more of those things or anything else that comes to mind when you think about, man, I wish I had more motivation in this particular area of my life, then this episode is for you. Or maybe it's more than just a specific thing, like the motivation to work out as an example, you know, the micro level motivation you lack. Maybe for some of you, it's a much larger overarching motivation to be able to wake up excited that you have a career you currently have and that you get the opportunity to spend most of your waking hours doing that thing, whatever it is that you get to do all day or all night. For those of you that are working nocturnal shifts, as I used to do as a California highway patrol officer, but regardless of which camp you may find yourself in today, in this season of life, I can assure you that you're not alone. In fact, to take it one step further, did you know that over one third of Americans feel dissatisfied with their lives right now? Over one third. That's over 100 million people would answer a survey as to say that they are dissatisfied with their life. Sad, but true. And this is why I felt so compelled to speak on the subject this week because I believe I have some perspective, some experience that can help you to not let this feeling hinder you from accomplishing all that you desire to do so that it doesn't hold you back from the level of impact you desire to make with your life. And I'll share a little bit more of my story and why I'm so passionate about this. I'm passionate about helping others this way because I know exactly what it's like to lack clarity for my life and therefore lack motivation. I struggled with this for several years of my adult life at different points in time. And I will share more again about that in a bit in hopes of helping you out when you run into times where you feel unmotivated. And maybe just as important to me, due to the fact that I'm all about leveraging my time, my money, my gifts, talents, and abilities to impact and encourage as many people as possible, I hope that you'll take the time to take this episode and share it with anyone you know who may be feeling a lack of motivation, excitement, and passion for life, either now or in the future when you come across them. Maybe it's a member of your team or a child, young or grown for that matter. Maybe it's a coworker or a family member or a friend. In fact, here's an idea. 
since most people we know aren't wearing signs across their chest or forehead saying they're feeling this way, I lack motivation, I'm struggling here in this area of my life, how about we take a screenshot of this episode on your phone and share it on your favorite social media platforms, encouraging others to listen to it. There's an idea. I would greatly appreciate you getting these encouraging messages out to more people who desperately need a word of hope and practical encouragement like this in their lives, as well as all the other countless episodes of amazing, phenomenal interviews that other people have come on this show and shared their story, their challenges, their experiences, and their lessons learned that I know have encouraged countless people already. So this is a topic that applies to so many different scenarios in our life. First, what I will refer to as the micro actions, such as working out, eating right, having a conversation we need to have with somebody, and so on. And the second scenario I will address is much more of a macro, big picture perspective, our career, the thing we choose to spend most of our waking hours doing. I will start with the more micro tasks here that require our motivation which can be applicable to all of us at any point in our lives, then I'll end this episode with help for those who on a more macro level are struggling with motivation to even continue in their careers with any real level of energy and fulfillment and satisfaction in hopes of being an encouragement and a help to you. So first, when we talk about motivation, I think it's important to understand that our brain, our mind, it's really wired to do three things. One, it regulates our body and keeps us alive, right? It does all the subconscious things that go on behind the scenes to keep us going. Our heart beating, our lungs breathing, and all the things. Two, while we're sleeping, half of the mind shuts down, but the other half is cataloging the day for memories. And three, our mind protects us. And the way it protects us is it magnifies risk. And we could do a whole nother talk on that. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because when we have an idea to do something, hey, shut the alarm clock off and get out of bed, go work out, make the phone call we're not looking forward to making, but no, we need to make whatever the thing may be. We have roughly, give or take, three to five seconds, let's call it five seconds of this window of time to make a decision to move and take action before your mind will start working to talk you out of it. You know, most of us know the things that we should do or could do to change things for the better in our life, eat better, work out more consistently, this, that, or the other, or in business, you know, make a few more phone calls, make a few new relationships, do this, do that, follow up with our customers, our clients. But it's so easy to spend our time and energy talking ourselves out of making those needed changes. And the longer we sit around lacking motivation and waiting on inspiration or motivation to just come upon us instantaneously, not only are we wasting time, but we're not setting ourselves up for success. You know, change comes down to those five second windows where we have the opportunity to take action or not take action. And here's the thing. When we do take action, motivation will eventually follow. And we'll get to more of that here in a second. But all you need to know to change anything is A, you're rarely going to feel like it. Whether it's to start a new business, to have that hard conversation, to feel like getting out of bed early in the morning, to apply for that promotion, whatever the thing is, you're rarely going to feel like it. Understanding that 
is half the battle. It's half the victory. We are hardwired to stay comfortable and to stay safe, or at least what our brain, our subconscious thinks is safe. And it's not always right. Okay. It's not always right. In fact, it's often wrong. And if you know that, A, first, you're not going to feel like it. And then if you know, B, just as important to understand, nobody's coming to do it for you. Nobody's coming to do the hard work for you. Then you know it's up to you. You know, we aren't kids anymore. We don't have our parents, nor should we, telling us what we should do and what we shouldn't do and calling to wake us up in the morning or come into our room to wake us up in the morning or telling us we need to head to the gym or telling us we need to make that call or we need to start the business or we need to this, that, or the other. So the question is, are we making the most out of this life? I ask myself this question all the time, and I'm going to ask you the same question as well. Are you leveraging your God-given gifts, talents, abilities, and opportunities with an eternal kingdom-focused mindset? Are you being a good steward of your life, said differently? Or are you wasting some of it? And know this, it takes courage. It takes exercising courage to do the things we know we need to do when we don't feel like it. And sometimes we're facing fear or doubt or whatever the case may be in the midst of the decision. But I want to encourage you with this, that courage is a muscle. It is a mental muscle. And like any muscle, we must exercise it to develop it and get it stronger. I'm also so encouraged to keep front of mind. I think about this almost daily, that in the absence of fear, there is no courage. So many will say, but it's so scary to do this. It's so scary to get my face in the camera and go on video. It's so scary to do whatever it is they want to do, but are afraid to do. And I remind myself and others that I coach and encourage in the absence of fear, just keep this in mind and you can think about this and ponder this in the absence of fear, there is no courage required. None. It is not scary for 99.9% .9 of everyone listening. It is not scary to drink a glass of water. It is not scary to walk across the room in your home. You know, these are things that as a child, we've choked on water. We've choked on food, learning to swallow and learning to chew solid food enough times that we've mastered it. We've learned to take a step and fall and let go of the coffee table and fall as a youngster. We've done it enough. We have failed enough. We've continued enough over and over and over to get proficient in walking, something as simple as walking. And so now it takes no courage to walk for most of us, right? It takes no courage to speak a word, to say daddy or mommy. <laughs> you know, it was challenging as a baby, right? Dad, dad didn't always come out right. I'm saying this to say without fear, no courage is required. And that really encourages me to always remember when I'm fearful, I know, hey, I'm fearful because I haven't done this enough to get proficient enough where the fear is lessened and I can face my fear with courage. I can meet my fear with courage and do the thing anyway. And that always encourages me. It continues to this day to encourage me to step outside my comfort zone and grow and impact lives. And speaking of fear, did you know that fear is a feeling and it's usually over 90% of the time wrong? I saw a study recently and I forget where and I won't be able to quote the exact percentage for you, but it was something like 90 something percent of everything people fear never comes true. 
Think about that for a minute. Most of the things we fear are not worth fearing. As I said earlier, our brain, our mind exaggerates the danger to, quote, protect us. And in doing so, if we don't combat it with courage in doing the things we know we need to do, living the life we want to live, that we're called to live, we will miss out on many great things in our life. So how do you handle your feelings? Because you can't always directly anyway, change how you feel. Feelings are not typically a choice, but you can do something else. You can actually get this, disregard your feelings. You can be so in tune with your values, with the vision you have for your life, with the vision you have for your career, with the vision you have for your marriage, your family, your health, whatever it is you actually want in life that you can still choose to act despite your feelings. Some examples You can be tired, yet you can still choose to act and go to the gym. You can be annoyed with your spouse, but you can still talk to them with love and respect. Even if you don't feel like doing the hard work, you can still choose to do it. Although your feelings are typically not a choice that you make, know this, your behavior, also known as your actions, and your thoughts are always a choice. I believe we all have most of the answers in our heads. The question is, do you have the courage and the tools to do those things that scare you? It's so much easier to tell yourself, oh, that's not going to work. So let's not even try or I'll probably fail. So let's not even try or you know what? I don't want to be embarrassed. So I'm not going to try. I want to take you back to the fall of 2013 for just a moment. In the fall of 2013, I was in a career I was struggling with. I was making very good money. I was working a lot. I was missing valuable time with my family. I never, ever wanted to sign up for a career that made a bunch of money, didn't make a big impact, and most importantly, was a contributing factor to my marriage and my parenting and my health struggling and suffering. But that was a situation I found myself in. and. I had a really good friend, Josh, who for about a year and a half would check in on me and encourage me and ask me very intentional questions about why I'm doing what I'm doing. Am I going to continue doing what I'm doing? Is that really the life that I wanted to continue to live? More importantly, was that the life I was called to live? And was that the career I really needed to be in, should be in? And really got me thinking. And and I'll come back to that story in just a moment. But I want to say this. The more you face fear and take action, your confidence builds. I was in a season there where although what he was sharing with me and the questions he was asking me and the thing I was considering doing to make a career shift, a really 180 degree career change for purpose and passion and freedom and fulfillment not even for the money, although the upside on the income was a great opportunity as well, but that wasn't my driving force. But the more I started thinking about it, the more fear started creeping in, fear of the unknown, fear of could I really succeed in that arena? Would I really have success? Did I really know what to do, what the steps to take would be? And the thing I want to encourage you with though, and I'll share more of my story here in a minute, but is the more you face the fear and take the action, your confidence begins to build. You become the kind of person that 
stops just thinking about stuff and about wishing your life was different. I mean, that's what I was doing. I was wishing my life was different. I was even internally complaining about embarrassingly, I guess I should say, because it's never helpful to complain internally or externally, but I was complaining about the way my life was and the things I wished were different, but I wasn't quite ready. I mean, it took 18 months before I came to the realization that I needed to gain clarity of the kind of person that I always wanted to be, the kind of person that would make things happen. And eventually I saw myself changing and I was fueled by that new confidence and that new confidence of seeing myself changing in my mind's eye of the vision that I created for my life, my future life, therefore is what gave me motivation. You know, you cannot change your life unless you first go inside and develop the ability to get up when you said you would, to eat what you said you would eat, to not eat or drink what you said you would not eat or drink, to exercise when you said you would, to talk to your spouse and children with patience because you said you would. You'll never, ever have the self-confidence to succeed at your full potential in any environment until we go inside and we develop the ability to do what we say we would do. Now, there's a story. I call it the dog on the nail story. I, I don't know if it's got an official name, but there's a story. It goes like this. There was a family that moved into a new neighborhood in town, and they noticed that every late afternoon, early evening, they would hear the neighbor's dog howling, howling like it was in excruciating pain. And one day, the man the husband just had had enough like, man, I've got to go see what's going on with this dog. He sounds like he is really in pain next door. So he walks next door and he notices this dog laying on the front porch, the wood deck of the front porch of the neighbor's house and just howling in this painful, excruciating moan. And he obviously was in pain. And so he knocks on the front door and the owner of the dog, his neighbor answers the door and and he tells the neighbor, he goes, hey, my name's Mike. I moved in next door three or four days ago, and I've just noticed your dog. Seems like he's really in pain here, and I just wanted to make sure you were aware of it. I mean, I assume you are because I hear him next door. And the owner goes, oh, yeah, he definitely, he's in pain. And the man says to the neighbor, well, well, do you know what's wrong with him? You don't seem concerned. And he said, no, no, I'm not concerned at all. He said he does this every afternoon. What's going on is he's laying on a nail. There's a nail that's sticking up there on the front deck. They're out of the boards and it hurts him. And the man asked the neighbor, well, why doesn't he move? And the neighbor said, oh, he does every day. He'll move. He just doesn't move until the pain gets bad enough. He just lays there and complains and moans about it because he likes that spot until the pain gets so bad that he eventually, it, two or three hours later, he'll, he'll get up and he'll move to a new spot. And that is so much like where I was at in my life, career-wise. You know, I was sitting there, I had pain. I had a lot of pain. And if you've heard episode one, and if you haven't, I'd recommend you go back and listen to episode one. In episode one, I share more of my backstory, some of the challenges, and a very dark season of my life where many unfortunate things happened outside of my control. And then I started making some poor choices on top of that, which just made the season even darker with alcohol and DUI and rehab and all kinds of not so fun things. But anyway, so there came a point in my life where I had to realize 
if I want the pain to go away, if I want to step into and lean into the calling that God has for my life, the things he's put in my heart, the passions, the purpose, the direction he has for me, I've got to be willing to get off the nail, stop complaining about it, find that motivation to take action. That's why I think that dog on the nail story I like so much. I like to encourage people that are complaining about something in their life, whether it's their weight, whether it's their energy, whether it's their finances, their relationships, their career, that, hey, when the pain is bad enough, we will move and we will find solutions. Fortunately, we don't have to wait for the pain to be bad enough to make changes. You know, there was a study in 1998 that was conducted at Columbia University by a professor named Claudia. M. Muller. And what she did was took a large group of fifth graders working individually, had them each working individually on a very challenging puzzle. And regardless of how each child did, each one was told at the end, man, you scored very, very high. You did incredibly well. So everyone was told that. However, half of the fifth graders were told the reason they scored so high on putting this difficult puzzle together was because they worked really, really hard. The other half of the group were told that they scored really, really high because they were super gifted and incredibly smart and talented. Then they did this. They took each of the students again and presented each one with three different puzzles, an easy one, a medium difficulty one, and a difficult one. And interestingly enough, the group that was told they were smart and talented, things outside their direct control, right? I mean, we're either smart or we're not. We're either talented or we're not. It's, it's outside of our control. So that group that was told they were smart showed lower levels of motivation. They spent nearly all their time on the easiest of the three puzzles. So they weren't up for a challenge. They spent much less time trying to even solve any of the puzzles and more time just doing other things. And to top it off, they said they didn't really enjoy the process at all. However, the students that were told that they did well on the initial puzzle because they worked so hard, guess what they did? Understanding that the results were in their direct control, how hard they worked, they spent the majority of their time working on the harder two of the three puzzles, and they spent significantly more time overall trying to solve the puzzles. Again, a sign of much more motivation. And when they were asked, they said they enjoyed the entire experience. So what this shows is those that have locus of control, meaning the degree that one believes they have control over an outcome, directly correlates to their motivation. So the group that believed they had direct control over the outcome, how hard they worked, they were much more motivated, much more satisfied and accomplished more. Now, the kids that were told they were smart and gifted, on the other hand, they had an external locus of control. Being smart and gifted was something outside of their control. So they didn't believe they had a direct effect over their results. And those of us that don't have that locus of control, understanding that, hey, our actions have a direct effect on the outcome of our lives are not going to be as motivated as someone who understands our actions are going to directly impact the outcome. When you feel like nothing you do matters, that's when you stop trying. And that is not a happy, productive, or good place to be. 
And if we ever find ourselves there, we must get out of that space ASAP. So what do we do if we're talking on a macro level about something like our career? Maybe you're feeling burnout, maybe a lack of motivation or wondering if it's even the correct career for you to be in. So for me, I chose to change in 2015. I chose to pivot after 18 months of excuses and evaluating and facing my fears and wrestling with that whole process and asking the questions, the three big questions that must be answered to really move forward in anything with significant confidence is one, do you believe you can do it? And this is going to apply to anything, the micro issues in our life, as well as the macro things like a career. Do you believe you can do it? Do you have the time, the knowledge, the training? Number two, will it work? Do you believe the activity, whatever it is, the career, the weight loss program, the whatever, do you believe the activity, the process will lead to the ultimate outcome you desire? Okay. So number one, do you believe you can do it? Number two, will it work? Number three, and this is probably most important, is it worth it? Is it worth it? I mean, you may believe you can do it. You may believe it'll work, but is it worth it? If you answer yes to those three questions, you feel competent. And when you feel competent, you feel motivated. So I was able to go through over that 18 months, end of 2013 through the beginning of 2015, I was able to go through that process of facing my fear, counting the cost, really praying about what is my calling? What is my purpose? What is my passion? One, do I believe I can do this new career? Two, do I believe it will work? Three, is it worth it? And I came to the conclusion that it was. I did believe I could do it. I'd seen others do it. And I believed if they could do it, I could do it. Two, I believed it would work because I saw too much success to believe otherwise. And three, I believed it was worth it because I saw people on the top of the mountain, so to speak, in this new career field, in this new venture that were living lives and lifestyles that I aspired to live. And that's a very, very important point when you're going after something in the context of a career. So many of us do not evaluate the people at the top of the mountain, so to speak, in a particular career path and evaluate their life and see, is that really the person we want to be? Is that really the life we really want? And as a little aside here, I just think it's so important to make sure we have a proper mindset. We've got to know the difference between I've got to do something or I get to do something. I think it's critical. It's key. Do you wake up to an alarm clock because you have to get up or do you wake up to an opportunity clock because you get to get up and you had the opportunity to still be alive and wake up when you perceive a choice, you gain motivation. And so having the right mindset that I get to do this, I get to do that, not I have to do that or I've got to do that says I have a choice in the matter and I'm choosing to get to do this. And that fuels motivation in our life. You know, we want to talk about being a success seeker rather than a failure avoider. It's all about how you talk to yourself and others for that matter. Again, I'm talking about my career change in the past. I'm talking on a macro level just because I know statistically a third of the population is dissatisfied with their life. I wanted to make this talk applicable to every one of you, whether you're in that season of really questioning your career or you're a young 
16, 18, 23 year old, 25 year old, still trying to figure out what career path maybe you should take, or you're just listening to this episode going, Hey, I'm happy in my career. I'm where God wants me. I just lack motivation on this one area of my life at times, or maybe I'm in a season right now. I'm lacking a great deal of motivation in this micro area of my life. I wanted this to be applicable for everyone. I know not everyone needs to change careers to be motivated, but here's a big tip on perspective and something that was a big aha moment for me years ago when I read this in a book called The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster by Darren Hardy. And he shared in that book, and, and I'll do my best to paraphrase, but not all tasks and days are glamorous. You know, we see the actors, the NFL players, the social media influencers, the successful entrepreneurs, the people at the top of their game in various careers, and we only see, in essence, the highlight reel of their life. And what Darren brought out in this book, it made such an impact on me, is the majority of the tasks and the majority of the time spent by these people are typically not spent in the area of greatest fulfillment, of greatest passion, of greatest joy and excitement every waking minute of their working day. I think he may have even used this example of the musician, right? They might spend 22 or 23 of every 24-hour period on the road doing things that are not exactly what they would say are fun, enjoyable, purposeful, rewarding, not sleeping in their own bed, not eating good, healthy, home-cooked meals, riding for hours at a time in a bus, which isn't as glamorous as you may think if you've ever done a tour in a bus, as our family did for a couple months on the road, but hours of riding in a bus and so on, and they go through all these things as an example for just maybe an hour or two on stage doing what they love. And so that's just a perspective tip for you, even in your own careers and your own lives, to say, hey, I don't have to be in a career that every minute of every day, I'm just loving what I do. That's not reality. And I think it's really helpful for us to understand that. So often we get into careers because it looked fun. It looked impressive to others, challenging, prestigious, profitable, whatever the case may be, or maybe all of the above. But we never really take the time to evaluate those who, figuratively speaking, as I was mentioning earlier, are on the top of the mountain in that career field that we begin climbing, that mountain we begin climbing. And most importantly, we never evaluated their life and lifestyle to see if it's truly what we want and never really assessed our why behind even choosing that path. And speaking of why, as I begin to start to wind this down a little bit here, it is super important that we revisit our why in any area of life, in our fitness program, in our career, in our relationships, in our relationships with the Lord. What is the objective? What is the reason we started this business? What is the reason we entered this marriage? What is the reason we started the weight loss program, the fitness program, whatever the thing is? It's super, super important to not forget and continually have at the front of our minds our why or reason for doing something. For me, my why for starting a new business and career was not the money. As I mentioned before, it was for the freedom. It was for the purpose and the impact in other people's lives. So what I'd like to do is just recap a little bit here as I wrap this up. We all 
have periods in our life where we struggle to find the needed motivation to do what needs to be done to live the life we desire to live in our health and fitness, in our relationships, spiritually, financially, and so on. So what do we do? First, we got to understand that our minds will often try to talk us out of doing the thing we need to do, whether it's from laziness or more often in an errant attempt to try to protect us. As I mentioned earlier, that's what our brain is hardwired to do. And it gets in the way. Now, it's a great thing that our mind keeps us from jumping off of a cliff. It's good that it protects us from true danger. It's not good that the other 99% of the time, it cripples us. The fear cripples us from being courageous and exercising what we need to do to live the life God's called us to live. We talked also about that we must exercise taking action immediately, doing the thing we already know we need to do. Now, if we don't have wisdom or direction, we don't know what we need to do. That's a different story. But when we know we need to get out of bed, get out of bed. As soon as the alarm clock goes off, we know we need to schedule that meeting, schedule the meeting, have the hard conversation, apply for the promotion, start the new business before our mind talks us out of doing it. We must understand that we are likely not going to feel like doing it. And that is okay. We must also understand that if we desire to improve our life situation, we must do it anyway and that nobody else can do it for us. We realize that in the absence of fear, no courage is required. Said another way, when facing fear, courage is required. Courage is a muscle. The more we exercise it, we gain confidence and capabilities and our courage soars to face the next challenge. It's a wonderful thing. So even when we don't feel like going to the gym, talking kindly to our spouse, doing the hard work, we choose to do it anyway. Understanding that although we can't typically control our feelings, we certainly can control our thoughts and our behavior. We also discussed how the 1998 Columbia University study of the fifth graders showed that when we own the results of our life, believing we're not victims of the external uncontrollable circumstances, and that we understand that our choices and actions have a direct impact on the outcomes and the level of success we may enjoy in any particular area of our life, of course, with God's blessing in that area, we are more likely to work harder and find solutions to the things that really matter to us in life. And in doing so, we're going to find more enjoyment, more satisfaction, and as a result, more success than others who choose to embrace a victim mindset. In order to be highly motivated to do something well, we must first get clear on our why, which is to say, what is our reason for doing the thing? And then do whatever work is needed to confidently answer the following three questions. Do I believe I can do it? Will it work? And is it worth it? We must also choose to have a proper mindset. We don't have to do anything. We get to do everything. We don't wake up to an alarm clock, as Zig Ziglar said. We get to wake up to an opportunity clock. It's critically important how you talk to yourself. Not everyone needs a career change. And it's important to understand that many people are right where they need to be. And the purpose of the job, the highlights, or the career are worth all the tough times, the less glamorous times, and all the challenging times. It's important to realize also that the people at the top of their professions still do many activities they may not love. 
But for many, it's worth it for the moments that gives them so much purpose, passion, energy, and in my case, I'll add impact. That said, maybe for our younger listeners that are still trying to figure out what career path they should take, or even for our older listeners, anyone seriously struggling with motivation to keep doing the occupation they're doing and seriously reevaluating it, look at the person on top of the mountain, so to speak, of that career you're in. I encourage you to do this. I cannot overemphasize this enough. Ask yourself, is that really what I want my life to be like? If the answer is no, it may simply be time to go back to square one, as I did at age 42, and make some changes. I hope this episode was helpful. And again, I encourage you, please take a screenshot of it, share it on your favorite social media channel. And I hope that this encourages not only you, but many, many others who are lacking motivation at different points in their life. Make it a great day and we'll see you on the next show. Hey, hey, thank you so much for listening. I hope you got a ton of value from this episode. And as a token of appreciation for enjoying the show, if you don't mind leaving a five-star rating as well as a genuine review, whether it's just a sentence or a paragraph, that's up to you. I would like to show my gratitude to you by sending you a free sample of our all-organic 22 amino acid meal replacement protein shake. We'll even cover the shipping cost. I drink this every day and love it for the blood sugar control, fat burning, natural energy, and strength building it's provided me over the past 22 years now. And I'm confident that you will love it too. When leaving a review, simply take a screenshot of your review and send it over to me on my Instagram account, at Alan B. Blaine, found in the show notes below. And be sure to include your mailing address so that we can get this shipped out to you right away. Thank you, and we'll see you on the next episode. 